team of engineers have released the findings of a more than year-long investigation into the Beach Road landslide. And the Alaska Board of Fisheries has voted down a Red King crab proposal supported by Fish and Game and fishermen. It's the KHNS Local News. I'm Corinne Smith. Those stories are up next. A team of researchers have released their findings from an investigation into the Beach Road landslide in Haines. Investigators found the area is stable for now, but could slide again after another large rainstorm or earthquake. They presented their findings as well as recommendations for management approaches at a town hall via video conference on Monday. After an extensive investigation that spanned more than a year, geologists say loose, saturated soil and weak bedrock were behind the December 2020 landslide. Eight inches of rain fell in 24 hours before the catastrophic event that buried homes and killed two people. Engineer George McCann with the Oregon-based geotechnical firm Landslide Technologies says nearby areas didn't have the same issues. The catastrophic landslide occurred where the hillside is weakest and the ground pressures are highest. It's like the perfect storm. Elsewhere, the hillside on either side, the subsurface materials are not as weak. Maybe the groundwater may have been the same. We don't know at the time, but at least we've seen the evidence that the materials are not as weak to the east and west of the landslide. But he says the slope is stable for now. If you just spread your fingers just very slightly to like a tenth of an inch or so, that's the small amount of movement that's occurred over the past five months. So it's a very small amount of movement. His firm, along with the Anchorage-based R&M Consultants, Inc., was contracted by the state to study the landslide. The multi-stage investigation involved calculating any continued movement, slope stability, water and debris flows, analyzing geologic hazards, and making recommendations for management. He says a major earthquake could present especially big risks. Now, in December 2020, there wasn't an earthquake. There was not. Uh, But we are asked to study seismic events or earthquakes because this is a fairly active seismic area and there is a fault area on the inlet to the south of this hillside. McCann says large earthquakes are rare, but it could be hazardous for not only the beach road area, but other sloped areas as well. These are like um, fairly infrequent events, right? So you could have seismic events that could have, let's say, a 500-year recurrence interval or a 1,000-year recurrence interval. But when they happen, they can have some effects. Now, it's not just beach road, right? So many areas throughout Haines where you've got these steep hillsides are going to feel the effects of seismic events. The engineer's report also lays out several recommendations to improve the community's response to conditions that make landslides likely. McCann says management could look like improving drainage in the area and monitoring rainfall during severe storms to determine whether residents should evacuate. But as you do more monitoring, you'll figure out where is that threshold. At what threshold of precipitation would we become more concerned about it and maybe take more critical measures like advise people to not be in that area. McCann and the team of researchers encourage the public to look through the findings and recommendations and bring questions for the team to the next town hall scheduled for next month. Another town hall meeting on the landslide investigation report is scheduled for 6.30 p.m. on April 5th. The full report is available with this story at khns.org. 
Alaska Board of Fisheries last week voted down a Red King crab proposal that was supported by both the Alaska Department of Fish and Game and fishermen. It would have created the possibility of holding a limited fishery in a region that hasn't seen an opening in years. KFSK's Angela Denning reports from Petersburg. There's been only one Red King crab fishery in the last decade in southeast. That's because the state's estimations of crab stocks have repeatedly fallen short of the 200,000 pounds threshold. The board was asked to consider a proposal that would split a limited harvest among permit holders when estimates were too low for a regular competitive fishery. The proposal was written together by state managers and industry groups through several meetings. Andrew Olson coordinates the state's crab management in Southeast. He presented the proposal to the board, saying it would allow for a limited harvest and give managers crab data they need. He said they could limit the fishery to areas where they don't survey. We have no stock assessment survey in those non-surveyed areas and allow us to see where other um, populations of red king crab and blue king crab are to get more informed on what the fishermen are seeing out in the, out in the field and then we can integrate that into our stock assessment model to be more informed. Fishermen have repeatedly said there are more red king crab than managers are estimating. The proposal could have allowed fishing if the estimate of legal male crab was at least 50% of average. If the harvest level was above 200,000 pounds, management would return to a competitive fishery. The proposal would have expired in three years unless renewed by the board. The price of red king crab has gone up in recent years, and fishermen say it's worth fishing for a small set harvest. The last opening paid over $10 per pound. Max Warhatch is a fisherman from Petersburg. I think it's a good idea to do this. Um, it's going to give some economic activity, and it'll be warranted. It's a slow fishery. It shouldn't do any harm. The current management plan has different harvest goals for different areas, and fishermen can choose where they want to go. Fishing Games Olson told the board it's hard to manage that way because of the bays and inlets that make up southeast. The fishery goes uh, very fast. Our past fisheries in those survey areas have been 24 hours, which makes it very fast. So at a lower level, to slow it down, equal quota share would allow us to manage more effectively and precise by being able to have that tool in place. In a subsequent interview with KFSK, Kathy Hansen, executive director of the Southeast Alaska Fishermen's Alliance, said using the term equal quota shares was a mistake. It shouldn't have been used in deliberations between the state and the board, and it was also written into the final draft of the proposal. By calling it an equal quota share, that brings the thought of it being more a property right and a guarantee to a harvest. And that was not what the department and industry were working together on. She said the proposal combined managing the fishery while giving opportunity to the fishermen. But the incorrect terminology stuck with board members. Board member Israel Payton of Wasilla spoke against the idea of quota shares like those used in federal managed halibut fisheries. I think the board is defaulting turning some of these fisheries into basically setting policy and turning them into a quasi-IFQ fishery. Board member Jared Godfrey of Eagle River spoke in favor of a free market and against quota shares in general. I personally believe in the spirit of competition and not necessarily the egalitarian approach of let's just equalize it. The proposal ultimately died with a two to three vote. One Board of Fish member, John Jensen of Petersburg, recused himself and one board seat is vacant. Fishermen's Alliance Kathy Hansen said they'll plan to bring up the proposal again at the board's next Southeast meeting in three years using different wording. In Petersburg, I'm Angela Denning.
For KHNS, I'm Corinne Smith. Thanks for joining us. You can listen to and read news stories on our website at khns.org. You can also subscribe to KHNS News on Spotify or anywhere you get your podcasts.